Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass of WNWS of Jackson, Tennessee. Today's episode is presented by Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center. Wellspire offers personal and professional development opportunities in a beautiful facility in the Gulch neighborhood. Stop by for an event with world-renowned speakers or host an off-site event that will wow your team or your clients. We also thank our co-presenting sponsor, the Well Coffee House, which turns coffee into water and has a mission to bring clean water to the world. Our news is presented by Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you've been injured in an accident. Call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Nothing really new to speak of, just a repeat of an old item. Isaac McBride has been admitted to Vanderbilt and has joined the roster. McBride, of course, transferred from Kansas where he did not play as a freshman. McBride was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Arkansas as a high school senior. Our guest line presented by Bowlin Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue what I was missing out on until I got Bowlin Branch sheets. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month for free. Return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee, where he is a talk show host, mostly sports, but other things as well. Our friend was very busy last week. They had an employee at the station leave, and he had to pick up some extra stuff, which is why we did not podcast last week. My friend, I know you are still busy. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to Picking up where we left off a couple of weeks ago, wherever that was. Yeah, man. Yeah, me too, man. We get back, sit back and talk a little Commodore athletics, man. I'm ready to do it. Yeah, I've been running around like crazy, still am. But, man, if I can't set, set enough time to sit down and talk a little uh, Commodore sports with you, man, then I don't know what it's all for anyway. This will be the first show that I've done in two and a half years with a dog in my office. O-R-E-O. Oreo is in the house. I love the name, by the way. That was my daughter's pick, by the way. Oh, I know. I mean, Bella Bella did good. She couldn't have named it better. I love Oreos. I love dogs. Makes sense. You want to know something funny, though? His given name was Max, which was the name of our one of our last two dogs, we had two Shih Tzus. They're black and white Shih Tzus. They both lived to be 16. And this guy is also a black and white Shih Tzu. He is hilarious. Uh, he's got all kinds of energy. He's sweet. Now, he bites everything in sight and chews everything that's not nailed or glued to the floor and, and then some things that are. But that's a puppy. He'll get over it, and it's good to have a dog in the house again. Oh man, I, yeah, man, I've got two. 
Hey, I got Miss Miss Bailey and Dr. Sheldon Cooper, and right now, as we podcast, now you've heard them on the podcast a few times. It's like uh, the UPS guy shows up or something like that, but they are both conked out right now, dude. They are laid up, son. I was thinking, I have not been away from my family for almost three months now, or two and a half. Like, literally, I've been out to grocery shop, and that's been it. Otherwise, I am home, and at least one of the other three people in this house has been here. I don't know what that has uh, to do with sports, you, but... Uh, wow, well, but luckily for you, you like your family, so, <laughs> I mean, it's all right. It'll work out for you. It's, it's been... I don't have a lot of complaints. It's... I would like a, a little time to myself every once in a blue moon, but it's it beats the alternative of people being sick and all that. And my kids, um, they've been fighting half the afternoon, so we'll see if that spills over into the podcast. Maybe, maybe they'll check in. Yeah, maybe they'll check in later on the podcast. Yeah, they they tend to do that. But anyway, sports related. Let's see. Since last you and I talked, Romilla White. Is it Ole Miss now? Yeah. Isaac McBride is a Commodore. We didn't know if he was finally going to get admitted and signed, but that's happened. I guess, well, the assistant coach news finally went public, which. But now for for, for Isaac McBride, question though, now, now we know he's coming to Vanderbilt, he's going to be part of this program, but what about from the eligibility side of things? I asked that on Monday, and they still don't know. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a uh, the holdup is a university or an NCAA thing or both. I think it's an NCAA thing. I don't know if they filed the waiver yet or to request a waiver. I would presume they have, but. He left Kansas. He never played at Kansas. He left in the middle of September. I guess that was technically being enrolled for the academic year. I mean, I would think he should be eligible. First of all, he didn't play at all last year. Right. And second of all, you know, he's been out of Kansas for a year almost once the semester starts. Uh, you know, third something weird went on there. The word out of Kansas was that they ran him off. Now, I don't know if that's what happened or their version of the story or what, but regardless, there was some sort of a rift is the word between the parties, but something wasn't right. I just think that with Kansas's situation being on probation and him either leaving for that or being run off, that kid should get a waiver at Vanderbilt. But it's the NCAA, so... Whatever the right thing to do is, or the thing that makes sense, you usually presume the opposite. So I'm just going to presume he can't play next year. He can't play, but Will Wade can coach. That makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it always makes sense. It's the NCAA. That's why. I mean, let me let me tell you something. That's why. And I even said this on the on the show the other night. And I don't care who hears it. Doesn't matter to me. Sorry if y'all don't like this answer, but don't blame me. Blame the NCAA. After Will Wade. It's allowed to continue coaching basketball, then I don't care who's bought and paid for. I don't care what somebody spends on them. Go get it. If you can get them, go get them. 
I, I no longer care because this the NCAA can no longer masquerade as a legitimate in, uh, entity. They just can't. They can't. Uh, and, and so the way I look at it now is if you got the means, then go get it. Do what you got to do. It's Wild West. If Will Wade is allowed to coach one second more, nothing matters. Was it two or three weeks ago that you fought me tooth and nail on this? Well, you know what? Yeah, yeah <laughs> but but who cares? Who cares? Because right. it's not about you and me. I know. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's about the message that the NCAA has clearly sent. And as far as I'm concerned, they they, they have no teeth, no claws, or either that or they have no values of any kind. To me, the NCAA either has no teeth and claws, or or no 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 morals. I guess might may not be the right word, but uh, I mean, just why should I get mad anymore, Chris? For what? Who am I mad at? Well, I can't, I can't say they're cheating. It's not cheating anymore. Yeah, it's just not cheating anymore. So the way I look at it is, day doors, you know, pony up. You know, and, and some of this is facetious, but not all of it. I mean, I don't really want us doing that. Um, that's not what I'm to be that way. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chastise these other programs any, anymore. I'm not gonna do it because honestly, when you weigh what's at stake versus how the NCAA handles things, the question is, Chris, if you're not doing it, why aren't you? Technically, it is against the rules, but yeah, I know. I would feel differently about it if it weren't for the schools setting the rules. The schools set the rules. The schools don't abide by the rules. And when the really good coaches at schools get caught, the schools do nothing about it. So, again, it would would be a little different if the rules were set by somebody other than the schools themselves. But when the schools don't see to it, that abiding by the rules is important. And when their coaches get caught and the schools do nothing, you've seen it at Kansas, you've seen it at LSU. I mean, the only time a school fires a coach for cheating is if they're looking for a reason to get rid of him anyway. Like UConn did that with Kevin Ollie and cited. Yeah. What was it? You know, NCAA violate. Well, what, what was hilarious is that Jim Calhoun was there for, what, 30 years or whatever it was, and Calhoun was worse than Kevin Ollie was. And they never is, objected to cheating? it then. Well, Tell me that. What's cheating? If you're the one setting the rules and you don't care to abide by them, I, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, and that's where I'm at. And, and, hey, I feel the same way about the institution itself. If, if They could have still canned Will Wade. They had to do something in court, but they could have still canned Will Wade. Chose not to. If Why? Will Wade goes 12 and 20, I guarantee you they can him. And then they cite that as reasons. Right. Why. Then they cite right. that as a reason so. to get out of the contract that they owe him. But he wins the SEC, and they don't do anything. That's just how it is. Yeah. Right. That is how it is. And it's why I no longer – I'm not going to spend – five seconds longer fuming over stuff like that because there's no reason. It's it's a fool's errand on my part. Did I ever tell you about the strangest interview I've ever done? It wasn't With the me? recruit? 
No, this is with the recruit. I don't know uh, if I've shared this uh, on a podcast or not. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. I covered a press conference, and people can figure this out by the timeline and the names, but this would have been circa 2011, 2012-ish, I guess. And there was a certain big-time football prospect in this state who announced his commitment at a local workout facility along with two other kids in the mid-state who were also committing to Vanderbilt. And as I'm sitting here holding a recorder to the kid's mouth, his um, seven-on-seven coach sidles up to me, whispers in my ear, hey, ask him something along the lines of how I'm not his handler because we need to dispel that rumor. Of course, I didn't ask the question, but I just thought, what the heck am I getting into here? course i know all three recruits that you're talking about but and i'm pretty sure i know which one you're talking about here i'll just say he's probably not from the 615 or the 423 that is correct all right (laughs) then i know who it is yeah (laughs) of course yeah that's i wish i could say that's a prize and that was a that was a highly recruited football player too by the way yeah one who did not really pan out did not even remotely pan out. I had a, a nice play against Kentucky, if I remember correctly, and that not much, not a whole lot more. Yeah, and that was at uh, a time where a lot of people were having a lot of nice plays against Kentucky. That was forty to nothing, right in Lexington, if I remember correctly. Holy crap! Forty to nothing was in Lexington, but they beat them down the year before that. And the only reason I remember this is because I did something on Zach Stacy in the Vandy Sports 100 this week. And, you know, I like to link highlight videos from YouTube. Just find what's out there on the player and link it to the feature just to give the fans something enjoyable to watch. And, of course, the premier clip on that Stacy highlight film, in my mind, was that run where he dragged literally seven defenders towards or into the end zone between the 10 and the goal line. And that was, I think, the year before – I want to say that was 20, 2012. I guess they play Kentucky in even and sorry in odd years here. So that would have been either eleven or thirteen. And Stacy was gone by thirteen, right? Or was he? Uh, I don't know that that's right. Either way, I'm on, I'm on a tangent, but that was that was another year that they beat Kentucky down, and boy, that script is flipped. Uh, just a little bit, but you know, speaking of Zach Stacy, I'll tell you what, man, two things here. First of all, good to see him getting involved on the, you know, the recruiting aspect, you know, and the positive, and the positive promotion of the school for a young man that plays the same position from his alma mater uh, and this Deshaun Morrell kid, you know, I, I know that Sean had, I think it was Sean or Justin had a nice on him uh, yesterday or the day before, you know, I didn't give Morell much look the first time around, but the second time around, I sat there and started to watch him a little bit more and, 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 and trying to study up on him the best I could. He would be a very, very acceptable option to Derek Mason in this class. And I know for sure that they want to sign a running back in the class. I would think probably two. And I would, I would imagine that he would have to be near the top of the board for Coach Mason. And it's good to see that they got a guy like Zach Stacy you know, help promoting this program. They're going to need a bigger back. It just occurred to me they're not going to have one 
after this year. They're going to need a what back? A bigger back. The backs they've got oh, are more smallish back. types. Like Marlowe, he's not tiny, but he's a smaller back. Yeah. Keon Brooks, same thing. That's about right, man. You know, I'd like to get us a, a nice little six foot, two twenty five boulder. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, we could use some more size. And Morell, I, I think, is only about one eighty five, one ninety, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I loved Kari. You know, Carr was a tough dude, man. He 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 was a tough runner. We we could use another Kari blasting game for sure. The SEC East is probably going to get a little tougher over the next few years because you've got Georgia is going to be a top 10, maybe top five program for the foreseeable future. Florida is probably going to be in that top 10 range with Dan Mullen. Tennessee is getting players. South Carolina, I'm not so sure about. Missouri, who knows? Kentucky has certainly gotten a lot better. I think Mark Stoops has got that program on really solid footing I agree. They have really got their work cut out for them the next few years, Vanderbilt does. They would have their work cut out for them if everything about this program was going right. That's just the truth. Because I'm right there with you. Look, we we play on a side of the conference in which in the very foreseeable future, we could see three teams sitting in the top ten just in the east. And, you know, for whatever South Carolina is, they certainly have our number all the time. And as you mentioned, Mark Stoops, I mean, that's a top 25 program now. And, you know, Missouri, Missouri is not bereft of talent. And and sometimes it it goes away a little bit. And the next thing you know, they're back up again and and they're rolling. Remember, they were, were they undefeated or a one-loss team and and undefeated in the SEC when they came to Nashville last year? We were their downfall. I believe they were 5-0. and Now, it was not a 5-0 and that included a really good win, but they had smashed people coming into that game. Yeah, I mean, there was absolutely no reason to believe Vanderbilt was going to win that football game. And they did. Uh, they found a way to get that done. But even if we're on good, good footing, you know, and, and we're getting the support that we just desperately need uh, from the school itself, it would still be difficult. You know, it just would, Chris. I mean, we play in the SEC. There's no way around it. We schedule moderately uh, difficult games. I think we got coming up in the future, Chris, what, Stanford, Kansas State. There's not a lot of Mercers out there. You can't even take those for granted. I mean, we barely beat TSU last a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I mean, now the one thing I'll say is I do, like I told you this, I, I do feel pretty good about some of the new coaches, and I, I have been a fan of the recruiting. Coach Mason has to change a lot of things about this program that, that have been the, the same way for a while. But, you know, he's made a lot of changes to this program in the offseason. At the end of the day, we still are going to be starting a brand-new quarterback, and our offensive line is completely inexperienced. But, man, I'm I'm excited about some of the possibilities, some of the unknowns. You know, there there's some storylines out of the, the season. That, do I expect to be a good football team? Probably not. You know, I'm, wins may be tough this year, but I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, do we get beat just because we simply don't have talent or do we have a game plan, but the, the inexperience is just killing us. But you can tell that, you know, with another season, you know, some more seasoning behind us, you know, some more reps uh, that some of these guys have massive upsides, 
you know, all, all of a sudden we're much tougher to run the ball against because we got bigger, faster, better defensive linemen. Uh, I love some of the receivers that are coming into this program. You know, there was a, uh, a conversation on a, on, on one of the threads the other day and, and, and I don't really post a whole lot, but I, I post, I said, I, I really believe that a true freshman wide receiver is going to be a major part of the, the, the passing game equation this year. I feel that, you know, who I think it is. I've made no secret of that. Uh, I think the dude's coming in and playing right away and that's Logan Kyle, but we'll see, you know, you never know. You got to get in here and do it first. I, I think somebody posted a video about him, Chris, uh, on the site. And I don't know if you got a chance to see that about a minute long with him working out with some folks and, and just going through drills. I mean, he's just constantly working. Uh, I think he's much closer to a more of a polished player, uh, ready, you know, physically and mentally to come in and play. And I think they're going to need that, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of question marks here, new coordinators, new quarterbacks. I mean, think about this. We don't have a single quarterback who, who's thrown a pass for our team. Not one, you know, so whoever it is, I love their upside, but whoever it is is going to be brand new and they were, and they're back up too, and they're back up as well. So there's a ton of questions, but I'm excited, you know, to see a defense that returns all of its starters, you know, some of the young freshmen, uh, some of the young red shirts that we haven't got a chance to see, like Devin Body, you know, people like that. I'm interested to see all that. So while I'm not expecting a bowl season this year, I think it's too much to ask and, and, and too many un- unanswered questions going in. But I think there's a reason to be moderately excited about some of the things that I see with football. Would you object to me hitting the pause on that topic for a bit? Because that was a question that was asked in the mailbag, and I wanted to dig in on that a little bit later. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's totally fine. The other reason was that you touched on two things that I took some notes on as you were talking that I wanted to hit on. I have grabbed the media guide, which has got future opponents in there, and this was the media guide for last year so. They would have put this thing out probably August of last year, and I'm sure there's been some teams added to the schedule. I may try to look that up as we're talking, but here are out-of-conference opponents. Of course, this year, Kansas State on the road, Colorado State, Louisiana Tech, and, of course, Mercer, the other team in there, that won a home game, so seven home games this year. 2021, that's East Tennessee State, Colorado State, Stanford, and Houston. Stanford and Houston are here. CSU is on the road. 2022, a trip to Hawaii. Elon is in Nashville, Wake Forest in Nashville, and a road trip to Northern Illinois. In 2023, Hawaii comes here. Charleston Southern comes here. A road trip to Wake Forest and a road trip to UNLV. I did not realize that or had forgotten that. 2024, SMU is in Nashville, Georgia State on the road, and then 2025, Georgia State here. Now, I want to say there was at one point a road trip scheduled to Stanford. Oh, maybe 2028 or 29. That's not listed here. I don't know if that's been canceled. But that, again, is what Vanderbilt listed officially about, uh, what, nine, ten months ago. I would say that it's the best time to be playing Stanford because they, they're they not bad. I mean, it's Stanford. 
but they hadn't been as as, as scary. You know, they been, you know what I mean? In, in the past, they seemed a little bit more beatable, especially since McCaffrey's been gone. But even still, I mean, we got two SEC West opponents, all six SEC teams. Then you sprinkle in teams like Stanford, you know, and then even a team like Houston. I mean, honestly, I think if you made me gauge what we are, not when we're at our best, but on the whole, from an average standpoint, from a talent standpoint and an ability standpoint, that's about the level that I put us at, Chris. I'd say we're about a Houston. Am I shooting too high, too low, about right? Uh, what kind of time frame do you want to use? That, well, that's hard to answer because that's always a fluid thing. Let's go with just right now. Three years on either side. Oh, I'd take Houston. I mean, Houston had Tom Herman and had it going not long ago. Yeah, well. I mean, at Houston's height in the last decade, it was just better than Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt did beat Houston in the Birmingham Bowl, so it was that. But that was also catching Vanderbilt at its high point. That wasn't an easy game. It's hard to gauge if we're using a time frame like that, but I just mean like an overall talent standpoint, uh, recruiting, everything. I mean, you got you got to compare it to somebody. So, I mean, we could use a time frame on anybody, but I mean, to me, it would be somebody about on the level of a Houston. I think if we play them 10 years in a row, I think it's probably 50-50. I'm going to pull up Houston. Houston was... Eight and five in twenty eighteen, seven and five in seventeen, nine and four in sixteen, thirteen and one in fifteen, and eight and five in fourteen. Yes, I get playing an easier schedule, but a an excessively easier schedule. Yeah, just, but yes, I get. But but look, no, you can't just put butt there because when you have to stack what we have to stack on top of each other, that's everything, man. That means everything we don't get east carolina and tulane connecticut you know and great grandmammy tech we go from south carolina to georgia florida oh miss you know and we don't we don't stop then we go to kentucky you know and then here might be lsu then tennessee i mean they don't have to do that and if you think that doesn't make all the difference in the world, you're crazy. Uh, it, it, it means everything. Think about it like this. Memphis, two years ago, was a very good football team. A very good football team. But they went to Columbia, Missouri, and got physically pimp-slapped. By a good team, you know. But in comparison to the, our schedule, they're just a middle-of-the-road team. And they were far superior to them physically and handled them. And, so, and Memphis was every bit the team Houston was. Were any of Houston's teams in that span as bad as the ones that Vandy fielded in 14, 15 uh, last year and 17, in your opinion? I don't think so, but, uh, I mean, it's just like boxing, Chris. You've got some dude who's 19 and one or 19 and 0, and he hasn't fought anybody. 
He's beaten a bunch of nobodies and some decent guys who have maybe done a little boxing and won some tough man contests. And then you put them in the ring with somebody who has the experience, who is bigger than they are and faster than they are. And you might be 19 and 0, 19 and 1, but you've never been hit like that before. And boom. Next thing you know, okay, let's say you manage to get by him. And the next guy you fight after that is even bigger and even better. And then the next guy after that is even bigger and even better. You better have adapted. You better have done something. You can't just be the same boxer you were or you're dead. What Central Florida did was awesome a couple years ago. They were a very good football team. Very, very good. One of the better teams in the country. Yes, they beat Auburn in a BCS bowl game. That's awesome. But what if they'd had to play Auburn and Alabama and Mississippi State and LSU and Florida and Georgia? I think you know the answer to that question. They're not built to win those games that way. They're just not. Houston went four and eight last year, which I'd say Vanderbilt. But King redshirted. King redshirted. Remember that? Oh, that's right. They did that screwy thing last year. But okay, let's put Vanderbilt in the American. Houston's win totals again, working backwards from eighteen, eight, seven, nine, thirteen, and eight. Um, I, I don't. I just don't think they win. So that's what. It's 45 wins in in five years. I don't think Vanderbilt's going to win 45 games, even in the AAC over with, that span. Not with, with the teams with, with that field. schedule. Tell me why. Tell me why. Well, I mean, look, it, it couldn't beat UNLV last year, and I know that's picking one of the worst of the worst, but, you know, it gave up an SEC record for points in 17. Look, they've had some bad teams. They had some decent teams too, but I don't think you can use that as the – the bar to judge their team is just take the best and ignore the bad. There's been a lot of bad in there. That's right. But look, here's the, here's why you meet in the middle because you're right. Uh, the, the UNLV was inexplicable. It was truly one of those games. They weren't the more talented team, but it was one of those games. Would Houston have beaten UNLV? Probably so. Would Houston have beaten in Missouri? Absolutely not. No. And so you find somewhere in the middle, which is why I'm comparing them to this team. I understand the numbers. I get all that. They've clearly got more wins, but you put them on our schedule, put them with our schedule. And I guarantee you that win total sits somewhere, probably around where we have it. Well, let's compare apples to apples. Let's, let's call last year a push. Let's see. So Vanderbilt in the same span when Houston won 45, Vanderbilt won 24. I don't know that, yeah. that 24 wins in, in the SEC with eight games a year is apples to apples to 45. But Okay. Okay. Let's 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 go back to two years ago when Vanderbilt's playing in the Texas Bowl. And it was the bowl we were in, right? The Texas Bowl. That is correct. Uh, the one the, the one against Baylor. Uh against a very good Baylor team that we were track meeting all day long and lost in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Who would you have taken in that game if they were playing Houston instead of Baylor? I know the answer. I just want to hear you say it. I'll give you that for one year, but. Well, but last year too, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you're going to have to go on times when, when, when Vanderbilt was clearly at their worst. 
but you must still factor in that conference schedule too. That's what I'm saying. You would have taken, you would probably have definitely have taken Vanderbilt the last two years over, over Houston. Agreed. And all I asked was for three years on either side. Do you want to settle it with Sagarin's? We can if you want to. I'm, I mean, I don't know what else to, to do here. Here's what I'd say then. Okay. If you're not willing to do that, then tell me who. Tell me, tell me who. Uh, I mean, you're not going to say something crazy like Rice. I know you wouldn't do that. So, I mean, if not a team like Houston, I, I'm really interested to, to to see just exactly where you who who you think we are. You mean outside the Power Five? Well, Houston's not in the Power Five, so uh, I mean, and and then that was the comparison that I used. But they're still Division One. Oh, I don't I, want you using. I think George, they're. I George think they're Mason. closer to Tulane than they are Houston. Oh man! Well, first of all, Tulane was a much better football team last year uh, than they have been. But man, man, come on! Come you can't on. just take a high water mark for a team and throw out all the bad stuff, and then when another team is good, you say, well, they were unusually good last year, and then throw that out and discard the good. You've got to play it both ways. I didn't even mention James Franklin teams, you know, or the fact that we beat Houston in a bowl game. You did. I, I mean, I'm not going high watermark for us and using everybody else's low low points, but I know one thing's for certain. This program's a hell of a lot better than Tulane. And and closer to Houston than they were Tulane. Uh, that 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 I'll, I'll be totally bullish on that. There's in fact in fact other than last year, there's not a year they wouldn't have smoked Tulane. Let me let me let me. Hey, Derek Mason's first year, they may not have smoked Tulane. <laughs> they, they, they they may not have smoked Tulane, but other than that. Yeah, they, they they would easily have handled Tulane, no doubt. Vanderbilt last year in the Sagarins was 110. Houston was 72. If the teams played on a neutral field, Houston would have been an eight-point favorite. Uh, you know what? And I bet you if I would have said, Chris, I, as a friend of yours, I'll slice that number more than in half, and I'll just take four on that neutral site for 250 bucks. There is no way you take that bet. No way. Were we watching the same team last year? Were you watching Houston last year? <laughs> no, but I know what I watched on my they end. They went four and eight and played in the AAC. So, that, I mean, that kind of tells you all you need to know. There's nothing special about AAC football. There's a couple of decent teams at the top, but it's nothing special at all. Believe me, most of those teams would either be by far the worst team in the, in the SEC or right damn near it. I mean, that's just where they are. You know, it is what it is. I didn't make that up. That's just how it is. But yes, I'm, I'm aware we were not good. I, I saw it. I, I saw it. I saw every play of every game, you know, no doubt. But I wasn't just talking about last year. I mean, this, this was a bowl team two years ago. And they were either, what was it, Chris? Were they favored or it was close? Vanderbilt was favored in the bowl game. Yeah, you think Tulane would have been favored in that game? No. They'd have been getting 20 points. But I mean, look, it, it doesn't matter. It, this is, at the end of the day, it's about who we are. I'm just trying to figure on par who we are on par with, you know. And I, I don't believe that it's Tulane. 
So what? I don't. Again, tell me what the qualifications are for the question before I give you my answer. Just who on a level of overall talent from a recruiting standpoint and overall talent, you know, uh, when they take the field. And you can throw coaching in there if you want to, because uh, you have to. It's part, it's, it's part of the program. Who are we on the level of? Man, I want to say Wake Forest, but Wake's been better the last few years. I'd take Wake Forest all day long. And I think it's very fair. I mean, in fact, I'd probably take Wake Forest over us. Yeah. Uh, but but it, but it's a much closer comparison. Yeah. Okay. Wake was three and nine and fourteen, three and nine and fifteen, seven and six and sixteen, eight and five and seventeen, seven and six and eighteen. Um, and remembering Wake, that the ACC has been trash lately. Well, Dave Clawson has got it headed in a pretty good direction there. It took yeah, him a couple of years because like he had a mess. I mean, look, I think I think historically that's a pretty good comp. Yeah, I'll take that all day. I think that's right, and I think it's fair. Okay. And I think it's sustainable. And I think it's sustainable. I was looking up the schedule back to that, and I found some other ones that I had on there. Again, these weren't in the media guide last year, but last I checked – this is what we have on our site because we have a future schedules thing. Okay, let's start. I think we left off at 2025. So let's pick up there. This is what I had down that they had a home game with Stanford in 2025. Again, the game <laughs> with Georgia State in Nashville. There was supposed to be a Colorado State game in Nashville 2025. That's not in the media guide either. Um, in fact, I had a date for that, September the 27th. And then a road trip to Colorado State in 2026, a home game with NC State in 2026, at Stanford in 2027, SMU in Nashville in 2028, at NC State in 2028, the return game with Purdue here in 2029. Man, that's really spaced out. That's a 10-year gap. And then the away game with SMU in 2029 is what we have on the site. Again, those were not verified on the media guide, but I had gathered those from different places uh, where those were published. So, anyway, that's – What would you say if I told you, Chris Lee, that that 2029 tryst with Purdue is going to be – the winner of that game is going to propel themselves into the consideration for a BCS playoff. <laughs> uh, I would say you had a really good chance at Vanderbilt if that's the case. You think? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the only way. It's supposed to be funny, Chris. I've still, I've still got it, it did I've still got my head down in schedules here um because I was looking for 2021 right because I want to know to me and I'll get to this in a little bit 2020 in football to me is not about 2020 it's about 2021 and the schedule is I have it they open with ETSU in Nashville they go to Colorado State Stanford here, Houston here, after a bye week in between, Mississippi State here, Ole Miss on the road, Florida on the road, 
Okay, once we get to this, the conference schedule, it's not in order. But um, the West teams, Mississippi State here, Ole Miss on the road. And then in the East, they've got Florida, South Carolina, UT on the road, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri at home. I will take my chance with the Mississippi schools, not knowing anything else two years out rather than have Auburn, Alabama, um, whoever on there. Yeah. Of course, now they're coached by Lane Kiff, <laughs> by by Lane Kiffin, and by uh, uh, Crazy Man. So, I mean, yeah, you know. but I, well, that one, and that's true. Um, but I don't know that he's going to either. Those coaches are going to have those teams being Auburn, Alabama, or LSU, or be there by then either. <laughs> right. So there's that. Um, the second question I wanted to ask you. I wanted to get into was again, and I'll get into 2020 and why I think it's really about 2021 later when we get to the mailbag. But I was thinking there's been some rumblings that they might move on from Mason after this year. Now that was before the virus thing hit. I will believe it when I see it. I think it's going to cost him 7 million to move on for one after this year. Came from a good, pretty good place. Okay, so but let me ask you this: uh, what, what is being said here? We're moving on, or we're moving on if this number is not reached. That I don't know. I mean, I presume if he say goes to a bowl game with this team, it'd be hard for them to do it at that point. That the combination of them getting owed him getting owed seven million. If that, he's, let me tell you something. He gets a bowl game and he's SEC Coach of the Year. Well, yes. Um, although this situation is of his making, so and, you know, I, I think that seven years in, you you ought to go to a you know have a winning season at some point. Uh, that's just me. But what I was going to get at is if he does indeed get twenty twenty one. Okay, he's if they haven't extended the contract at that point, he's a lame duck coach, I think. In other That's words, fair. he's going into 2021 without a contract, and recruits are going to know that. That's hard to recruit to. So either you let him hang out there, but here's, here's something that I was really thinking. What if he has a winning season in 2021? What if he whiffs on the first seven, then he has a winning season in 2021? Awfully hard to get rid of a coach at Vandy coming off a winning record. So then what do you do? Well, let me ask you this. If he has a winning pro a winning record in 2021, this is this is very difficult for me because I you know what I believe. It's not where you're from, it's where you're at. You know, we can start talking about what has happened in the past and what he did or did not do, but if these new coordinators and some of the personnel equate to winning football and you're, and he wins seven games in 2021, what sense would it make to fire him? You brought him this far for him to finally get it. And then you'd fire him to what end? I mean, what's it, what's what, what that, even, what message would that even say? And it might, it might either, it's either a great message or it's a terrible one. The great, the great side is that, you can win seven games, and we are, we're so ready to win that that's still not enough. you know. Or the message is, good Lord, dude, I won seven games, at, 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 and I still couldn't hold on to my job. You know? I mean, if I'm another coach, I'm thinking to myself, 
he won seven games and got fired. He's at Vanderbilt. What am I supposed to do? I don't want to take a job. You know, I'm a hot young coach. I'm going to take this job. I, I win six games, you know, max in, uh, for, for a season in three or four years. I lose my job. You know, I, I've got to win eight games at Vanderbilt to keep my job. I, I don't know. I mean, look, if he wins seven games in 2021, he should not be let go. I wouldn't. Doesn't make sense. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. This is college. This is major college football. What do you think it's is more descriptive? What's right your career now. record or what you just went? It's not exact, obviously, because there's certain variables that you have to factor in. Why I'm, I'm this in the immediate because of this. But I mean, even if I went 20 and 35, you know, and I just went, but I have it where I want it now and I'm winning and you can see a plan for me going forward. Firing me would be the wrong move unless you have somebody that is clearly superior to me and ready to take this job and all that comes with it. You know, firing him with seven wins in 2021 makes no sense at all. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Let's say he goes three and nine this year, which I think is entirely fair. I think he is within one winning way of that number. I think he's either going to win two to four, but I don't see it. I mean, I guess he could win one, but I think they're they're good enough to win two. Uh, let's let's just go with three and nine. So then he's thirty and fifty six after this year. Let's say they win seven and lose six the next year. Then he's thirty seven and sixty two. What are you going to do with yeah. coach who is thirty seven and sixty two after year eight? Because you can't sign him. You're not just going to give him a one year rollover, right? Why not? Recruiting. What are you worried about? What? 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 Chris. That you're going to lock him down to a five-year deal because you're worried about recruiting? Well, if you don't believe in him more at that point than to give him another more than one year, then what's the point? That's my very question. What, what's the point? Why would you believe in him less after he's winning more? That doesn't make sense. Okay, so you're, you're the AD. He is 37-62 and 62 and coming off a 7-6 to six season in 2021. What's your call? What do you do on the contract? Here's what I'm going to, and what was this? His final year was, was that his final year? He's, 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 he has no contract at all right for this, right? Correct. He's done okay. after 2021. Uh, you have to do something. You either have to hire a new coach or you have to okay. give him a new contract. No problem. Sing for your supper, Derek. Uh, we have been together for a long, long time now. I love what you did this season. Show me the plan for going forward. You know, I'm looking at this. So in 2021, the chances are my quarterback is probably just going to be going to 2022, just a junior. Players, uh, I just won seven games. Uh, I've got 15 starters coming back on both sides of the ball, eight on offense, seven on defense. Projections are that we will win seven games again, possibly even eight. Derek, here's the deal. You replicate or best what you did last year, and I'll give you another three years. You've had your bad, you've had your good, but here's where we are. We have a chance to take it to another level. You want the security? Show me this wasn't a flash in the pan. You do it again. You win seven games again, 
three more years. If not, we have to have a conversation at the end of the year if we regress. Look, you're going to rock the boat one way or the other, if it's recruiting, this, that. I mean, that's just going to happen. You get over that. You deal with that. You don't stick with something terrible if you think it's terrible because you're worried about those effects. You bite the bullet and you get it done, but you make him sing for his supper. And if he can do it again, then he has clearly turned the corner. And I can see giving him three years after that. So you're basically going triple or nothing. Triple or nothing. No, I said we would have a conversation at the end of the year if right. he didn't. If you believe in yourself, gamble on yourself right here, okay? Gamble on yourself without this extension. And if you prove that you this was not a flash in the pan, you're going to get rewarded about it. This is easy. And if you can't, then we have to have a, co- a tough conversation, and I need to know why you're still my coach. Okay, what if you're the AD and Will Healy is an option for you at any of those junctures? At any of those junctures? Well, you know, as you know, I like Will Healy well before any of y'all did. But if Derek Mason's winning football games, if I'm look, let me tell you something. I am quite okay going seven and five in Nashville. Believe that. I, I'm not one of those. I don't have to be t- t- 10 and two. If this team can play winning football, competitive, hard hitting winning football, and the administration's backing it, seven and five is all right with me. I can live in that neighborhood just fine. If Derek is doing that, you know, and unless I truly believe that Will Healy is so good that he turns us into a nine, 10 win a year guy. Uh, nine year, nine ten uh, win uh, per season team, then maybe I take a look at that. But if Derek Mason's coaching winning football, and we're competitive, then he's my guy. Well, let's go to the mailbag, shall we? All right. Well, we shall. The mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt Fan and Independent Insurance Agent Josh Minton of Brentwood. If you need home, auto, motorcycle, renters, landlord, life, or commercial insurance, Josh is the guy you need to contact. Call him 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Facebook at JD Minton HQ. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try, and I think you'll be pleased. TC Stevenson says, is there any reason I should be optimistic about football this year? You answered some of that earlier. I said, let's table it. So let me let you finish your thoughts on that now. I had pretty much said what, what, what the optimism that I had. <laughs> There's so much of that to go around. And I, and I, and I shared that earlier. I'm more, it's, it's not even so much. Of, I'm intrigued by the unknown. You know, look, I get, we've got issues. I understand that, but I like some of the changes and I like some of the young players, and I'm interested to see what kind of early impact. To, this year uh, it, it is, for me, it's more about Derek Mason learns, learned his lessons in certain aspects, and, 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 and can, we, can we look different? Even if the, the win-loss results aren't the same this year, can it look different? Can I see a true plan going forward? And if I can, then I'm cool. You know, I don't want to go three and nine. Good Lord. And no one wants to go three and nine. I get that. But I also know that we're capped right now on, on, on our potential. You know, and they wouldn't say that, but I think it's realistic right now. It just is in this conference. Um, but if I can see 
man, that we got a, a play caller and it's clear that we've got one. If I can see that defensively Ted Roof and, and some of these assistants uh, are, 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 you know, making a big difference schematically, uh, you know, that we're a little bit more aggressive and we're, we're learning to tackle better. You know, I'll accept the losses and the lumps because of the inexperience. I'm, a, I'm, I'm all right with that. Uh, what I won't be all right with is if I go out and I see the same crap, just different names in the program, you know, and a different number on the calendar, then I won't be okay with that. I can, I can live with taking some lumps just as long as I see a plan in place. That's where I'm at right now, Chris. I don't know how to put it any other way. Yeah, I think you and I would answer that along the same lines. I will take it further this is what I think their lineup would look like in 2021. You would have, I guess, Ken Seals as your quarterback, assuming he wins and keeps the job. You know, we haven't seen Mike Wright yet, but they're in better hands at quarterback heading into 2021 than in sure. 2020. I mean, barring something just crazy, uh, I think for sure they're in better hands there. So running back, I'm guessing you've got either Brooks or my favorite guy, Marlowe, there. You've got a receiver. You got Cam uh, well, Johnson. Well, we don't. We don't know what we have in the young man in in uh, the Griffin Rocco Griffin. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm 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 presuming that upper class because they're part of the same class. Well, but see, see, the reason I said because they're part of the same class, right? No. Okay. You know, and I, and I know that you've seen Ken Seals in spring for a limited amount of time, so you at least have something to go on. But I mean. The point is, he still hasn't played yet. So, I mean, it's not like we're comparing different classes. They're in the same signing class. Yeah, fa fair enough. But, um, okay, moving forward, the receivers would be Cam Johnson, Amir Abdul-Rahman, and probably Devin Body. Is, and, and I'm just going to go through starters. If there's a notable backup in here, I'll mention it. Tight end Bresnahan, tackles Steen and Stewart, and God knows what in the middle. Uh, you lose Clemens as a senior, and then you've got Dawkins and Miller at the other two spots. We still don't know if either of those kids can play. But I think the other eight spots, I can see a path to them being respectable there. Defense, you lose all those seniors, but you've got a lot of experience. You could line up on the line. You could go Wrightmeyer, Davis, Langham, and say McAllister. And Green. I think it, and Green is a backup. Like I said, I'm just going – mostly starters and I'm, I'm looking off the two deep depth chart that I sent to Lindy's right that's how I'm doing this and I'm taking out the guys that I had starters and moving the backups up so at linebacker you could go oh boy who knows uh, a Wusu DeVault Smith orgy at that point maybe uh, that's that's a crap shoot defensive back you could go B.J. Anderson, Allen George at the corners, Mahoney at your nickel. Those are all three returning starters. You could go – your safeties are Coppett and Daly. They'll be gone. But you could go Jerkins and Worship, who played a lot of ball by then. And, and let, let's tell you this, uh, if, if I may. I, if I can have one freshman liberty, if you don't mind, uh, the, the, the young man, and I'm – sorry, I've gone blank on the one that they somehow was able to still sign uh, – uh, uh, from Louisiana, uh, the one that Florida State and Ole Miss Kaufman. were after, and yeah. Was still yeah, Donovan Donovan Kaufman. Uh, if if you'll give me one indulgence on a freshman, he's playing. Yeah, and he's I, playing. that's that's fine. I mean, I've we 
it seems like we played that exercise before. Like we did it with Orgy, and we're like, well, there's there's no way that kid won't be a factor. And I mean, he's barely gotten on the field. But yes, That's I mean, fair. and and, and I'm fair. I'm just doing this with more known quantities, right? My point is, the outlook for that roster is way better heading into 2021 than it is as we sit here looking at 2020. And I totally so, agree. I, so, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and that's where, if you want to know hope, that's where mine is, is like you hope that you get these young players in and develop and you've got something to look forward to in 2021. Because you look back through Vanderbilt football history, and even when it got really, really bleak, and I'm talking like 79, 80, Look, those guys were all taking their lumps then, and they were awful, but they went to the Hall of Fame Bowl in 82. A lot of the same kids that were playing then and just terrible. That's what experience does. And you've seen that you know, with Woody's teams. They they were the same. They were awful. Then they got close and almost went to the bowl in, what was it, 98 or whatever. Um, you saw that You know, James Franklin took some of – some of Bobby Johnson's recruits, you remember just how awful they were with Caldwell in 2010. 2011, that was a 6-7 and seven team that was – that was a better than a – I mean, I know their record was 6-7, and seven, but that team was better than that. Agreed. That was a, that was a seven, probably eight-win team with the right schedule. They just lost to some tough teams this year and lost some close games. And then, of course, we know what happened in 11 and 12. My point is, just about no matter how bleak it has gotten in a span at Vanderbilt, there's, there's almost always once you have these same guys sticking around, uh, that year when those guys were all juniors and seniors, when it comes together and you've got a lot of guys who've come back and started, history has shown those teams are usually fairly competitive and sometimes making bowls. So you and I are looking for the same thing this year. I don't think there's a very good shot at all that they get to even five or six wins, but I can see where – you have a reason to be interested because you got your eye on 2021 and some reasons to think that it could get better then. I agree. It's just the only problem is because I'm always looking for that. You better get us now type of deal. Well, we're in the sec. That's not going to scare anybody. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, just because we're there and we're going to build up the other teams are going to sit around and wait for that. They're still constantly reloading too. So our job is always going to be difficult. Uh, but it's, but it's about us and and I hate to be cliche but about the things that we can control. And, and if we do that, this program's capable of winning six, seven games a year. They are, they just are, you know, and I guess you got to make a decision on if that's good enough for you. And I think most Vanderbilt fans would tell you, absolutely. That's not what you strive for, but you understand your limitations uh, until this university decides that they really want to win in athletics and and football. There's only so far they're going, you know, regardless of Will Healy being there or anybody else. you know, of, I mean, it's, it's weird to say it. we need their backing when they're the actual school. It should be the other way around. Uh, but if we were to somehow do that, then 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 I start looking at us differently. Then I start thinking, hmm, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not talking SEC titles or anything, but, you know, I, I know this. Uh, I, I know the funds are there. That's not ever been in question. Uh, you know, and I know that turns this into another podcast and I certainly get all that, but if we get that, if we could, if we, if that new direction is coming and we get that, then who knows what this program could be. 
Yeah, and to kind of merge what you're saying and what I'm saying, and I'll give you some history, okay? 79, they are 1-10. 80, they're 2-6. 81, they get better. They go to 4-7. and seven. 82, of course, they go 8-4 and four and lose in the Hall of Fame Bowl. Reload in 83. 84, they're back to 5-6 and six with the veteran team. Um, then a few years off, you know, the 80s under Watson Brown just didn't go well. If you want to skip to the 90s, you have those two Donardo teams in 93-94. Again, they both went 5-6. and six. So right on the verge of bowl eligibility. Uh, we mentioned the Music City Bowl team. That was a little bit different animal. They had some younger players, and that was kind of out of the blue. Um, and then, then it goes to Franklin, which we talked about. So, yeah, I mean, the problem is that just where they are as a program, and this will never change till they commit, is that their ceiling's always going to be, okay, maybe squeak into the bowl and maybe win it, maybe get the winning season. Um, but even when because I think what you said is true. They're still playing against the SEC. But the point is, even with all those things, that's always been the constant. Just through experience and having guys that are fourth and fifth-year players, they're usually pretty competitive and right around 500, uh, even in a dog-eat-dog league. That's what experience means, and I think that's your hope. If they're ever going to get past that, because the cycle is, then then you have that one season, and then you're usually bad for a couple, and then you hope you're competitive again in two or three years. But even in competitive is, can, can you just get your head above 500? You know, for them, that's a success. They'll never get further than that unless they decide they're going to commit to football. But even in the in the midst of the bleakness, they've always – had that year every fourth or fifth year where you've got some hope. But I think 2021 is potentially that for them. There's a lot of ball to be played every now and then. And that's kind of why, to circle back to the question I asked you about Mason and the contract um, a while back, that's kind of why I was getting at that, because I could see that being a really interesting scenario two years from now. Well done, sir. Um, we are going to have to put a bow on this quite soon, my friend. I have got to get ready to do my show. Yeah, well, let's do it right now. Uh, the, the kids let's are getting it. restless. They've already been invaded once or twice. So let's go ahead and tell people where they can find your show, where they can find you on Twitter. Oh, you can find me on Twitter, at Cheap Seats Bass, my friends. Uh, and you can find me at 101.5 FM in Jackson, Tennessee, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Cheap Seats. Thank you, sir, and be safe. Thank you. He is Seabass. Thank you, brother. You bet. He's Seabass. I'm Chris Lee, the host of the Vanda Sports Podcast. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back with more episodes next week.